The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. An early Thanksgiving edition of the PFF forecast. It is November 20th. We are going to talk briefly about, maybe not so briefly, but we're going to talk a little bit about the game between the Chiefs and the Rams, Tess, Witt, Boog. Then we're going to jump right into the Thanksgiving and then rest of week 12 games. Let's rock. All right, Eric, it's a little early, a little early in the week. It's normally a Thursday thing. We just talked uh, Sunday night, so hopefully you have some original thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this this is getting flexed in here. Um and and as you know, as you know, this is getting flexed into Tuesday because of us, and not because of anybody else. That's true. That this early edition makes me feel validated. So even if I go out and get steamrolled mm-hmm. and miss a bunch of wide open, obvious points, mm-hmm. and then throw you a question that gets intercepted and returned. By like right when we're almost going to finish the show ahead. Yep, it doesn't oh. matter because I've already been validated by being flexed into this game. And by the way, you know what? I've heard rumor that next week also in prime time. Yeah, the the yeah, I mean the which will be just because we're it's on the schedule. Yeah, I mean people want to <laughs> see us instead of getting to see getting to see Jacksonville Buffalo. That's true. Seattle Carolina actually Cleveland Cincinnati actually a good game Miami Indy so the reason that Oakland, we're Baltimore the, what we're actually making fun of is if you did not San see Francisco Tampa Bay if you didn't see the Sunday night game between Quirk Cousins and uh, Blake Bortles North and the 2017 Jaguars of Chicago you missed Kirk Cousins huddle the Kirk Cousins huddle is one of the greatest treasures in sports it's it is everything that you'd want to see before making an enormous investment in someone to lead you is how bad they are at leadership. And this does a really good job of it because he gets in the huddle and just delivers. It's not quite Jameis Winston eating his own hand bad, but it is really bad. And so his his huddle speech this last week was telling the team that they've got flexed into this game because they want to see you. It has nothing to do with the fact that the Bears are good for the first time in 100 million years, no. and Chicago's like a decently sized media market, like maybe number three, and you know that the Bears have Khalil Mack and a great defense and a quarterback that people think are re- is really good. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about the stupid Vikings. They all want to see Riley Reef, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Laquantasaurus Rex out at the number three receiver spot. Yeah, they want to see that. And and we're going to get to see it Sunday night again. Vikings at home against Green Bay. We're back. I'm going to preview this a tad. Yeah, let's just. One one week of backing my hometown Vikings was too much. And so we're going to go back to the well in fading the Vikings this week as three and a half point favorites at home. The line has moved. 
The line Down is to moved three. to three. So, so we're on the right side, guys. We It opened at three and a half. We liked it at three and a half. We still like it at three. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what feels like a very, very, very close game. But a couple things that worry me about taking the Packers. The issue that the Vikings had, maybe even more so than Cleo Mack, was Akeem Hicks eating their interior for lunch. Yeah. Uh, or more so dinner, I guess. And if Mike Daniels can't play, in which he is not, it appears, looks like he's already he has been ruled out. So Mike Daniels can't play. That's a big loss. Yeah. In my opinion, this is really a bet on Aaron Rodgers is way better than Kirk Cousins. Which is like weird because last Sunday night's bet was that Kirk Cousins is way better than Mitch Trubisky, and ultimately, and he still was better. Trubisky had three turnover-worthy plays, the worst of which, again, in perfect Trubisky fashion, the worst throw he had, which should have been a pick six by Xavier Rhodes, was dropped. He leads the league in those catastrophically bad plays. So those are our lowest, lowest, lowest graded plays. He leads. He's second in the league in those plays, but has the biggest luck uh, factor in those, meaning he has the most of those that have not resulted in a turnover. He leads the NFL in EPA on horrible, horrible plays. It just makes me mad. I, honestly, like, and, and that game, I, I, not to belabor that game, but it just, the whole thing sucked. And so I actually, so as we talked about the other night, and if you look at, um, you know, uh, Steve Palazzolo tweeted this out. If you look at like our regression candidates for teams, our two decline regression candidates for teams were Jacksonville and Minnesota because their defenses were going to take steps backwards. They both have, and the offenses have not been able to compensate. I this entire offseason, whether it be because I like their under win total or because I just instinctively like to fade the Vikings. I've always been looking for reasons why they're going to suck. And finally, for like this Sunday, I was looking for reasons that they were going to be good. And the only two I can come up with, to be quite honest, is the Diggs and Thielen piece. But it only it seems like if the Vikings can't pass protect, you know, it's, it's curtains for, for that. Well, here's dynamic. the interesting thing about that. Diggs was – Thielen is clearly still hurt, I think, because he has to be, right? He's been a yep. – a complete shell of what it was before. Diggs was amazing in that game. Mm-hmm. And if Kirk Cousins can figure out how to throw a deep ball well when it mattered, he's and he's a good deep ball thrower, despite the fact that he rarely does it, one every 10 throws. Mm-hmm. If he hits Diggs there on that wide open, uh, was it was it a double move? Or did he just burn? Uh, no, it was a double move. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was nasty. Yeah, it was a nasty move. It was it was exactly what we expect from Stephon Diggs, right? Which is just precise Antonio Brown north. Yes. And if he hits him there and then Xavier Rhodes catches the ball, that is a really different game. The other thing that you brought up, which I thought I didn't even think about this, was Chicago going for two twice. There you go. I mean, that's that was the difference between you know pushing at least and and not and honestly what that does. So they obviously made a calculation midweek that their kicker kicking extra points was not on par with going going for two. They also made a calculation which I thought was smart was that they were probably the underdog in that game in their mind. So they had to accumulate points and accumulating those points going into halftime up fourteen. It's just, I think, different is a different feeling, obviously, than being up 13. It, two touchdowns when you don't even score two touchdowns kind of thing, you know? And then getting the pick six, doubling down on that dynamic, it's just another... It put the Vikings behind the eight ball, and honestly, like, 
I don't know. It, it was weird because I never once after the Dalvin Cook fumble thought the Vikings were going to win that game. That's because you're a Vikings fan and a pessimist. Yeah. The Vikings played the Packers, obviously, in week number two and tied. And it tied. There was that horrible Clay Matthews roughing the passer, which negated a game-ending interception that I will not forget. And then that throw from Cousins to Thielen that was amazing. The hand of God, the the miracle part two, the Minneapolis, I was going to call it Minneapolis, but it wasn't Minneapolis, right? But the hand of God, again, parted the way for that ball to get through. So I don't know. I think you can look at it and say that the Packers probably should have won that game. Uh, that being said, Mike Daniels not in there. Hurts a little bit. Okay, let's go on to, actually, since we're talking about the Vikings, let's talk quickly about your other team. If anyone's listening, if one of the seven people listening to this podcast is new, they might not know this, but you are... I actually like the Chiefs. You are a polyamorous football fan. You have multiple loves, and one of them is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. They just so happen to be doing well this year. Mm-hmm. They had a big game in Los Angeles, slash Mexico City. Slash Buffalo Wild Wings. They were in spirit. So two things happened last night in the metaphysical. One of them was that the Chiefs and Rams actually played in Mexico spiritually. Mm-hmm. The other one, and this took more work because honestly, you know, the the Rams won because they established the run. Not on the field and, and not really anywhere but in the spirit realm. That's interesting. And, and so... What was really cool was sort of going and watching that game, and despite all evidence, just kind of sitting there and 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 not not looking at the fake news that was Gurley, fifty five yards, fifty four points, but really looking in there and and reminding myself how much his presence really did affect uh, the Chiefs' defense, and you know obviously in the positive realm the uh, the the Rams' offense. What was your favorite part? Not of the game, but of the broadcast. Todd Gurley running out of bounds for a loss of one, and immediately Tess Wittenberg talking about how good he is. Okay. I like that. I like the one big run that Gurley had where he ran through a... Andy Reid could have ran through that hole. He ran through a hole so big that you could get the entire Honduran army across the border through that hole. The caravan. That, that hole was so large. That gap was so wide that if you rented that out in Los Angeles per month, it would cost you about three grand. My favorite are proactive tweets. So before that drive started, because the Chiefs or the Rams had the lead, and I tweeted out, I said, listen, we got to remind ourselves that this these runs are going to be the reason the Rams won the game. Not the fact that they were ahead at going into that drive, but those runs taking away the Chiefs' will. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Like, think about how good Sean McVay is at inception. They don't even run the ball in that last running out the clock drive. They throw the ball three consecutive downs. And, of course, they win. You know, so obviously it worked. And there's got to be something. Un- there's a there's a Todd Gurley of the gaps argument that I'm just I'm looking forward to really refining over the next like week uh, <laughs> with respect to this game. Sean McVay is so good at Inception that he had an entire production crew and many, many more people talking about the key to this game being the running game for like three weeks. Thoughts and prayers to you people. And if any of you are listening, I say hello. The the annoying part about this whole argument is that people think it's 
being mean to Todd Gurley, which it isn't. Todd Gurley's fine, but you also should be able to call someone out when they're being credited with things that they don't deserve. That offensive line deserves a hell of a lot of credit. And this is my point getting into the actual things that happened on the football game. I thought this was really interesting. Both quarterbacks were amazing from a clean pocket. And by amazing, I mean just like perfect passer rating. Unbelievable. Jared Goff from a clean pocket, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 132 pass rating, 9.2 yards per attempt, 357 yards, completed 69% of his passes. Pat Mahomes from a clean pocket had a 143.5 pass rating, five touchdowns, one interception, 12 yards per attempt, 386 yards, <laughs> completed 78% of his passes. But under pressure, they were not good. And it added to the excitement of that game, the fact that some defensive plays yeah. were made, that Aaron Donald was great. Sorry, I'm having a stroke. Jeez. Ebb you can. <laughs> I think if we win our lock of the week this week, we have to donate to the to the stroke, like a stroke foundation, yeah. just to. Well, we know we'll be helping our buddy Wit. <laughs> uh, that those at those thing those pressures added to the excitement of the game. The fact that they were effective. Those quarterbacks are young players, yeah, and they did not make great plays under pressure. They made some actually some very bad plays under pressure Mahomes 61 three pass rating two wins three sacks uh was it two fumbles I think so yeah um well and he had that one that could have been a touchdown if they would have called it differently interesting about Goff versus Mahomes because we did our quarterback clustering today and Goff was sort of in the second cluster which which surprised both of us it wasn't sort of he was in. He was sure, and and the guys in the firmly in the first cluster were Breeze, Mahomes, Rogers, and Rivers. And so to look at like why what's causing this, and it looks like you know Breeze is only getting a negatively graded drop back on seven percent. Uh, Mahomes a little under ten percent. Uh, Rogers about ten percent. It looks like, and then Rivers about eleven percent. We know that your proportion of negatively graded throws explains you know the quarterback efficacy better than anything Goff is still sometimes making poor throws right we saw the throw to Skandrick for example that should have been intercepted should have lost them the game where I wonder how good is is McVay scheming things in a way that these are being forgiven more as a part of the process or is this luck and so when I look forward in terms of trying to project you know who's going to win the Super Bowl Maybe there's a case to be made that you know last night the the Kansas City lost, but what it did demonstrate is they're still going to be a huge contender. And if Mahomes, you know, if they get a little bit of luck uh, on the side of Mahomes, uh, you know, Kansas City's, you know, the outcome might be different if these two teams were to lock horns. Okay, let me ask you this question: How confident are you in Jared Goff to make a play when there will be times where McVay? is unable to get the right play call yeah. to ha- you know that that's going to happen more and more I think in key situations as the games get closer yeah. because it just they haven't had that many opportunities right so the question that I would have is does any of that volatility rear its ugly head in those situations right he has the reason he's in the second cluster is that he has been more volatile his turnover worthy play rate is higher than those other guys yes. and that is those turn games right there's a reason that you are to be a cluster one guy to be in that top tier 
you've got to not be, just be brilliant, but you've got to mitigate the uncatchable throw, right? That is the that is the most awful thing you can do from an accuracy standpoint is throw something that can't be catchable or to put the ball in a position where it can be turned over. And look, he was also bad under pressure last night. He got sacked five times. 59 passer rating under pressure was 4 for 10. Those defenses actually, like if if you were playing fantasy football with those two defenses and the number of points they allowed were not a thing, they would have actually been a decent fantasy defense because they got turnovers, they got touchdowns, they got sacks. It's just, you know, it's the modern NFL. And I know a lot of people are mad about it, but I do think it makes the game more entertaining. Interesting, I do think, what do you, so here's a question for you as we come out of that game. Are there five contenders for the Super Bowl? Or are there three? Wow. I'm going to say there are five. Okay. The reason I'm going to say that is that I think there's too much variance in the NFL for us not to say what they what teams are right now before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is what they'll be yep. when the playoffs come around, an injury here, an injury there. And uh, – Roethlisberger still not playing well. Cluster five quarterback over has not too. been good. Brady still not playing. Cluster three quarterback that well. So for those teams to be four and five in our power ranking with quarterbacks that I would think would start to play a little bit better. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with five though. If you're picking one right now, it's going to be one of those other three. So so here's a here's a great point, and I agree with you, I, and I think it's great, your point that you've made, somewhat jokingly, but it has come to fruition. We're in Thanksgiving now. There are five teams in our, in our simulation that have better than a 10% chance to win the Super Bowl. There are zero teams that have between a 3 and 10% chance to win the Super Bowl. And the next best team is the Los Angeles Chargers, who have a tough road, but they are at a 2.8% chance to win the Super Bowl. There are five teams in the NFL, I think, that can win the Super Bowl. And the thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots that makes them contenders is that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be probably the one seed, but they are going to have a first-year quarterback and, and that is always, I think, going to add a little bit of uncertainty. And if the Chiefs falter, then it's Pittsburgh or New England in a winner-take-all sort of situation with one of these NFC teams. And, I, and you know, anything can happen there. It is setting up nicely, though. The big question to me, I think the Chiefs are clearly the favorite in the, in the AFC. And the NFC is the one where it's, okay, is it Saints? Is it, uh, is it the Rams? And here's where... I really, it comes down to the quarterback, yeah, doesn't it? And Drew Brees, you are going to take ten times out of ten against Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff has made some incredible jumps from year one to year two and year two to year three. Yep. He has improved a ton, but Drew Brees is having one of the best seasons that we've ever seen. And so, when you have Sean Payton versus Sean McVay, when you have you know Michael Thomas versus Brandon Cooks, you've got Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley. The difference here is is the quarterback. In my mind, the only the only thing that would sway me from saying that that is a huge advantage for the Saints is if the Rams defense is all of a sudden that pass rush becomes such a terror. Maybe the the Saints uh, offensive line is banged up, and, and Aaron Donald can have that impact. Because otherwise, I just don't think. When we were handicapping that game, I made the argument that the New Orleans Saints defense is similarly talented to the Rams, and so it was about the offense. 
I think even though we ended up being correct about that game, I take that back to some degree after seeing last night. I do think that if you add Tlaib, if you if Peters, they kind of had a weird role for Peters last night. He was playing basically nickel over the tight end. I think that's a good role for him. Uh, and then up front, I think with Dante Fowler added to the mix, he's somebody who can make a ton of plays. Uh, 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 <laughs> the, the the other guy, he he's a pretty good edge player too. And then obviously Sue Brockers and Donald. Donald's the most valuable uh, uh, defensive player in the league. And then I think their linebackers are actually pretty good too. So unless the, unless Marcus Davenport comes back and is an absolute stud, I just don't necessarily think that the Saints have the talent defensively. And so if you're looking at upside, uh, the Rams defensively have more upside to the degree that defense matters. Yeah. Not not a ton, but it. Jared Goff, it. I, I, there's no way for me to put it nicely. He's not as he's not as good as Drew Brees. There's just no bones about it. Yeah. So I think the Saints have to be favored, though. I think the Rams. You could make an argument are a better team overall. Okay, let's go through these games. Let's uh, start with Thanksgiving. We will start with the Chicago Bears. And the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Mitch Trubisky hurt his shoulder. Late hit by Harrison Smith apparently is what caused it. He was not very good against the Minnesota Vikings. Had 165 some yards. 5.3 yards per attempt. Yep. Three turner worthy plays. A couple of interceptions. Um, So the Vikings defense is certainly better than the, the Lions defense. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, get that twisted but i would not be super high on trubisky with a hurt shoulder if he does play spread on this game currently bears favored by four on the road in th- on thanksgiving i think that's too much and if i were to pick this game if i had to pick this game i would certainly take the lions yeah and it looks like our it looks like our number has actually come down from this so we would uh, it, it seems like with the injury information that's come up we've actually leaned more towards uh, Detroit, I think, um, you know, Detroit's going to be without carry on Johnson, which I actually think helps them because it causes them to try to be more efficient throwing the football. Uh, Marvin Jones, questionable. I think if Marvin Jones plays, I think they have a pretty – Marvin Jones and Darius Slay, I think they have a pretty efficient passing game and possibly a better pass defense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I It's tough here because – We've continuously faded the Bears, and I think we've continuously been right, but just happens, hasn't happened on the on the field. Um, we're currently an O pick. I think if this goes out to four and a half, there's almost no way we don't have a pick on this game, given that that's a key number. So I don't know. Keep monitoring this game. Um, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Uh, the Bears basically in the driver's seat for the NFC North. If you watch our YouTube video today about the playoff picture. They are a pretty good proposition, an over 70% proposition to win that division for the first time since, geez, 2010. Long time ago. Yeah, by the way, if you want a free PFF Elite trial, you can get one over the Thanksgiving holiday. I believe it is three days long, and you can check out all the cool stuff on Elite. That includes PFF Greenline. You can see all the picks for all the games. Where we're at, you can agree, disagree, use it, not use it, but it's another data point for you to implement whether you're doing daily fantasy or betting games or you're in a pick'em league whatever it is uh super helpful and of course use mybookie.ag when you want to make a little investment the holidays are great because you need to find some things to do 
uh, if you're not working it, like I am tirelessly. Uh, I might not even get a chance to eat. Oh man, just I, I, grinding. It's pretty cool that you're. Yeah, I mean, all the whole day <laughs> you're going to play. You're win. You're going to get paid. There it is. Washington at Dallas. Colt McCoy slash Mark Sanchez against the Cowboys. I've got to think. So let me ask you this: If Alex Smith does not break his leg, what is the spread in this game? Well, this is this is going to come to our conclusion, right? I think it's probably six and a half. Okay, it is currently seven and a half. So you're you think I would have bet it at six and a half with Alex Smith. I am rushing to take wash our our spread skins here at seven and a half. So what you're saying is you like Colt McCoy. You were a Colt McCoy. You were an Alex Smith truther before. And you're a Colt McCoy truther now. I think Washington has not gotten great quarterback play the entire season, and has still been six and four, seven and three, eight and two, or something like that against the spread. Um, they are a good defense. They match up pretty well with Dallas. They matched up pretty well with Dallas before. Um, and as we saw last week, it, well, as we as we thought we saw last week, the public overreacts to anything good Dallas does. And Dallas has done good things the last two weeks. I'm going to argue that the good we saw in Dallas last week in Atlanta is more a product of our Falcons playing horribly than Dallas playing well. I I, I can't in this. So just another thing: the over under for this game is forty and a half, making a spread that big, you know, less probable. So I'm rushing to take Washington. Here. Colt McCoy actually did play well against against Houston so uh, we'll see I vividly remember the Cowboys being seven and a half point favorites at home in prime time and that didn't work out so well yeah uh, Mariota I don't know similarly yoked to uh, iron Colt McCoy the iron chef what worries what worry me about this is the Cowboys I don't think at any turn have made you feel like they are an explosive offense and if you are going to cover these spreads you're going to need an explosive offense because the other the other ways that you cover these spreads are not repeatable, right? They are things that rely on you know fluky turnovers, stuff like that. So be on the right side of variance here. I would take the Redskins as well. A little I don't, bit more, don't a little bit more of a chance for health here too, right? So Trent Williams is questionable. He was out previously. Jamison Crowder's been out for a few weeks. He's questionable as well. Quinton Donbar, who missed last week's game, one of their better players defensively. Again, these are all questionable tags. If you look over on Dallas's side, Tyron Smith. This is an injury that occurred against the Falcons. So mm-hmm. just a couple days ago. Uh, Zach Martin, similarly, they're both questionable. Uh, you know, Taco Charlton, also questionable, hasn't played in a while. They were, you know, I think, again, this is going to be something where, as you said, just close your eyes and hope for variance here and uh, allow it to land as a field goal game on either end. Falcons, Saints, New Orleans, can't wait. Never again. Very excited about uh, this game. I was so excited about this game when the schedule came out. Because New Orleans, a cool cool city. Atlanta, good team. Spread was three and a half uh, when the game was announced. It's now 13. My argument would be that this is four, three to four, three and a half points too high. I, I don't disagree with you morally, but practically. In the spirit, in the spirit realm? <laughs> in the spirit realm. I mean, in the spirit realm, Tevin Coleman. So, truth be told, every time... I watch a Falcons game. 
they run outside zone and get called for holding, and I go to NFL Jesus and I screen grab the play by play and I send it to you. You go to Jimmy G's house. NFL, oh NFL Jesus, yeah, not clipboard Jesus, NFL Jesus. Oh, you um, watch yourself. <laughs> and uh, so I, that's what I do. And uh, <laughs> so in this particular in this particular spot, it's just yeah. Me. You send me a screenshot of the play every time. Because it's just like clockwork. It is clockwork. Outside zone, holding, and like drive, drive. And I don't know if this because to me, every time I see a kick returner who's not named Cordero Patterson or Farrell Cooper or Tyreek Hill take a kickoff out of the end zone, I'm just praying that it doesn't get a hold. Right. Mm-hmm. Every time I see an outside zone run play, I'm just like praying as he passes the center, the guard, the tackle, the tight end, the slot receiver, dragging a cornerback. I'm just praying that there's no hold. And then, of course, there is. And I'm just like, running the football is not worth this type of, like... Neither is neither are returning punts. Yeah, right? So, I don't know. To me, to me, I just, like, I, I have a hard time, you know... Obviously, we were on New Orleans last week, both money line and spread. That was pretty nice. They, they was a no-doubter against the Eagles. Obviously, I don't know if that's something you can count on here, but... There is a bunch of universes where the Saints just step on the Falcons' head and never give up. It's mean. What the Falcons ever do to you? Hopefully, this is a somewhat close game because I would like to uh, like to give some entertainment to the people. But if I'm going to bet either side of this game, I am going to take the Falcons getting 13 points. And if I must, I would also take the over because I know you hate it. You're you're all about the Falcons and the Saints being a sneaky under game. I get it. The math shades your direction a little bit, but uh, I'm going to say screw it. Well, so and, th- and this is something to talk about. We have not taken that many over unders in the last month or so because we simply have not, in the history of the NFL, seen over unders consistently near sixty like we have now. And so we're we're gonna we're making our confidence intervals a little bit bigger. Uh, and and so the last one we took, I think, was Oakland, Los Angeles under fifty and a half. That one hit a couple weeks ago. It's going to have to be something that weird, but for or that drastic for us to take an over under here moving forward, just because we simply don't have enough data uh, to support it. Right? Yep. Uh, I don't I don't hate it because taking under sucks. All right, there are some interesting games on. Okay, so let's say this. Let's say you had to build some sort of bet for Thanksgiving. What are you going to do? What you going with? Oh man. Um if I had to if I had to build something, I would I would take Detroit, Washington, and then I would parlay those two with the New Orleans team over. Ooh. So th- I don't think it's been released yet, but if you just like look at what the implied total would be, I would imagine be like thirty-five. Yeah, I think there's I think there's no way the Saints don't score five touchdowns against their rivals. You know, even with Deion Jones, um, I I would say you know that would be that would be a fun. And then obviously, if you hit the first two, you go into Sunday night and you're just like as half of America was doing last night. You're just rooting for points. And and that's like kind of a fun thing to to have when you're trying to avoid family members. It's beautiful. 
I'm with you on the two underdogs. I think I would just go three dogs. Yeah. Okay. I you have you and and I think it's because you are you know you get to do this awesome thing with Sunday Night Football every week. You you haven't sweated out the Falcons as much as I have. Oh, give me a break! <laughs> I sweat them out every single week. I'm sitting there just like, come on, man! I just want to have one good afternoon. And they did that. The Washington game was great. Yeah. It was a no doubter. Julio scored a touchdown, and they, they're like a you know a. Uh, abusive girlfriend, boyfriend, you know. I've never been there, but I can imagine that's not yeah. great. I will say that maybe like that situation, so I'd assume if you have an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend, by the way, that's terrible. And uh, we, Yeah, we're, we're not advising anybody to be abusive to their significant Okay, let's, let's use a different word. Let's say you have a boyfriend or girlfriend that's kind of an, an a-hole. God, that, whatever. It's, I called... The, well, I was flexing it. I was Here's my to... point. The Falcons, I feel... I act the same way. So when I see watching the Falcons, oftentimes I'll be like, oh, man, this is brutal. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the gym and get out of here. I need some air. Maybe go for a swim. You need to let your wings spread out. I need to get away. And I feel like that is probably the same feeling. So despite not having any experience, I understand what you're talking about. They're going to get you flowers just at the right time. Just at the right time. You know what else I, I don't hate are the overs in the two later games. Um, as you like well. you like Dallas Washington over Colt McCoy, Rocky oh, Colt Tom Tom forty is so low. It's super difficult. Like the Minis- so the the example of Minnesota Chicago was a classic under game, and then because the Vikings get all these cheap points at the end, it goes over. I I can see that happening in Washington Dallas. I can also see what we saw last time Washington Dallas played. It was over under was thirty nine. We actually picked the under in that game. Dallas misses the field goal, does go under. So, I don't know, man. Anyways, um, maybe you're better off not parlaying and just, just sprinkle a little here and there. Use the MyBookie live betting. Get yourself. Speaking of sprinkling, okay. Uh-oh. Our hometown Cincinnati Bengals. Segway. Three-point favorites at home against the rested, the rejuvenated, the one-game win streak against our Falcons. Cleveland Browns money line for this game consensus is 150 we would put it more like 109 this is a money line dog that we are suggesting here sprinkling a little bit on the money line what do you think George that was a that was a compelling and rich speech there you <laughs> sprinkle money line dog you need one of those I'm just glad it's not a downward dog you know That'd be far better. Yeah. By the way, no better way to start your Sunday than a little down a little yoga. Make it happen. So we like we we like Cleveland against the spread. We I like also Cleveland like against the, the spread. Cleveland, Cleveland money line. I do think you know if you are AJ Green is back. If you are yeah, but Denzel Ward is is a hell of a corner. If you're if you're risk averse and you're a Browns fan, buy buy up three and a half. And because you know the Browns could get ahead in this game, and Andy Dalton could be the red rifle, have them come back. And if you lose by a field goal, you still cover. I don't know. I think this game offers a lot of intriguing opportunities. This might be one of my favorites uh, of the week, just because the man Bengals are in a rough spot, and they've got a lot of injuries. And even though AJ Green's back, it's a toe. I've hurt my toe a couple times. Yeah. I'm not, I don't mean to be Bill Simmons here where I tell you about an N- NBA injury because one time at the rec league sort of thing, but 
But one time at the rec league. But as someone that uh, dabbles in, you know, working out occasionally, and trying you do it sometimes, trying to do things that are active, and having hurt my toe, I can say, not great. So it wouldn't surprise me if AJ Green comes back is maybe trying to get through it a little early and halfway through the game you're like oh man AJ Green's out Andy Dalton can't do anything and this one ends up being a Can I provide a hot Browns. take here? Nope. The Browns are the team with the better quarterback getting points. There you go. Done. Boom. I'm with you there. Baker Mayfield has not had the benefit of a super great performance from his supporting cast, but Which, still is throwing or making turnover-worthy plays at a lower rate than Andy Dalton. This is the first game for the Browns after a bye with their new offensive coordinator. We could see some benefit here. Interestingly, how much things have changed in a year. Last year, we bet our, our you know weekly picks. We we took the Bengals Browns twice with big spreads both times. Bengals covered easily both times, including the Sunday after Thanksgiving. This year, a little bit different. It's a new day in Cleveland. Which okay. one do you want to talk about next? You want to talk My, about? I want to go to. I want to go to Indy, and I want to talk about Miami Indy. Here's why: <sighs> Ryan taking the next step in his recovery. Tannehill is back. He is going to play, apparently. There's nothing like a game with two quarterbacks with bum shoulders. There is nothing like it. Andrew Luck has... All of a sudden, people have stopped talking about how he couldn't throw a regular-sized football. And they're all about the Colts. Colts are a very hot team right now. A lot of articles being written about how they invest in their offensive line. And look at that. And isn't that incredible? And to be fair, we talked about many many times how important it is when you get all these you mass all these picks what a difference it can make yes. right because you can get an influx of talent in there and that's what they've done quentin nelson and uh, darius leonard and yep, that sure. team has played uh very well of late here's the deal they're 10 point favorites that's too much. They have not earned the 10-point favorite designation. Ten especially points? These two teams, have, like, and obviously you throw the records out most cases. but oh, Of course. But they're two five and five teams. see records. Like, the Dolphins have beat, beat the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why you incorporate variance in no, those the Bears things. are great. And the Bears are terrific. Super so, Bowl champion, Chicago Bears. Here's the thing. So, the Colts have, the Colts have not given up a sack in like a month. Their center, Ryan Kelly, is doubtful with a knee injury. Uh, Miami, you know, has struggled in, in many aspects. However, I do think that I do think that the Colts' offensive line being a little shaky without Kelly. I do think that their receiving core, T.Y. Hilton, is pretty good. But aside from that, it's kind of a bunch of Eric Ebron's and and Jack Doyle's and stuff. I I do think that Miami, if you combine Tannehill coming back with their secondary having some good players in uh, you know Minka Fitzpatrick and and Brian McCain, I think they got a shot here. I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. That's my call. The Colts' defense is pretty much non-existent. So I expect Ryan Tannehill to not really deal with a whole lot of pressure. The defense is good enough to stand there when the Blaine train throws the ball right to him. Sure. That's fair. Uh, Ten is just too many, so I'm taking the Dolphins here. We would, uh, you know, even if it comes down to nine and a half, I'd probably still do it. Maybe even nine. Um, I like this one as well yeah um all right next game speaking of a place where 10 is not too big jesus segway machine the jets at home 
getting nine and a half against New England off of both teams off a of bye, but New England off a of bye here. The Jets have imp- implemented seventeen new screen sets. Yeah. So we we very like, excited. And we new, like the, uh, screen. This is getting us back to our 2017 roots. We like the Patriots as big favorites here on the road to cover. You know, nine and a half points. Probably, yeah, I would I would suspect we'd still have it at ten. Probably not ten and a half. Go ahead, take the Patriots. You know, be the public side here if you want to. The math supports it on our end. Patriots coming back. I think they they were probably the team most equipped to do the most with the bye, as you said, Todd Bowles. Uh, you know, probably probably not so much. Sam Darnold has not practiced since the bye, so you might get Josh McCown again. And even though Josh McCown has had one and a half good seasons in the NFL, he was capable of losing by thirty to Buffalo. So I like this way more if Darnold plays. To be honest with you. The extra week of practice from account, I think, helps a lot. I'm sure they've invested all their time into Darnold. Yeah. If Darnold can somehow come back, I would be very excited, far more excited than I am at the moment, though. Obviously, I, I agree with you. Let's McCown's do, passer rating when pressured against the Bills, zero. Yeah, it's, that's not good. Not great. Let's talk about the... Yeah, I think it's fair to say this is the best game of Sunday. Seattle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tampa Bay versus San Francisco. Okay, let's go to see, let's go to Carolina. Seattle, Carolina. This is a game that has huge wild card implications, right? Very Both much. of these teams are out of it in their division, but are still in it in the wild card. The Seahawks, despite having the worst roster in the NFL, aside from Russell West, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> I don't know if there are two more different people than Russell Wilson and Russell Westbrook, but. Really? I, I guess I don't know that much about the NBA. Do you know anything about Russell Wilson? Have you seen any of his sort of his social persona? He's Kirk Cousins with talent. His social persona is about as different from Russell Westbrook as you can possibly get. You didn't Anyways, like my cousin shade, but... <laughs> no, because I, I'm desensitized to it because it's every five minutes. Um, all right, so th- this one's three and a half here. I feel like this is a game that people are going to want one side or the other of. Three and a half seems pretty efficient, saying that the Panthers are about a half point better than the Seahawks. Are you buying that? Do you think the Panthers are better than the Seahawks on a neutral field? <sighs> yeah, I I do think that if you if you get the Panthers on their on the right day, they have better support um, than Seattle. Their receivers, DJ Moore, has been very good. Um, and, uh, you know, and he showed up a little bit against, against Lions. I think defensively they have a little bit more talent, especially with Keekly. Uh, you know, I think Keekly's on par with Wagner, and then I think they're secondary with uh, the Dante Jacksons of the world. I don't know. I, I do like Carolina slightly more here. Okay. I like Seattle slightly more. I think Russell Westbrook is the better quarterback in this matchup, and I don't see either one with a particularly strong supporting cast here though i think doug baldwin has looked better tyler lockett is is pretty good so Mm. the seahawks are not a team that is nearly as destitute as once was prescribed so i think this should be more of a three-point game instead of three and a half though i'm not running to bet it but if i had to i would take the hook and i would grab the seahawks getting three and a half okay so now we can talk about niners bucks 
Yeah, the the Nick Mullins machine. Um, is, that, is that what it is? The machine? There's no reason Tampa Bay should be favored by three and a half against anybody. Oh, really? No. They lost to the Giants, but and they, it was basically by multiple scores. They got they came back door with a three. Yeah. But I mean, Jameis is a Jameis in terms of generating positively graded throws. There are no quarterbacks in the league better than him. But the only issue, the only issue is that he it's simply not positive. Is sim- he simply turns the ball over? It's very negative. He simply turns the ball over too much. Um, <sighs> Tampa Bay just banged up. Uh, Levant, you know, Levante David, you know, uh, OJ Howard, Stewart, they're all like, you know, questionable. I think the Niners have been, I think the Niners have played well enough to lose by a field goal to Tampa Bay or better. Let's just Interesting. Put it that way. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Nick Mullins to be, to be quite honest with you, uh, 4.6 turnover of the play rate for him. That is above the league average by a decent margin. So, I, I do agree with you that San Francisco's the right side. I like obviously that the math supports that. Thinks that this should be closer to a one point spread. I don't know if I go that far. I don't, I don't know, man. This one's tough because I think the Niners should be trying to lose this game. So it's always hard for me to bet on a team when they're trying to lose. I think that their best interest says, "Hey, somehow just you know end up on the wrong side of this game." Uh, let's talk about one more. What do you want? What do you want to go with? Uh, let's go with, this is one that, that intrigued me. Pittsburgh at Denver. Ooh. So Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite. No, Pittsburgh is a three point favorite. We would shade a little towards them in this spot. Our numbers more like three and a half. Yeah, this, this is tough because Roethlisberger has not played all that well and so it doesn't give me a ton of confidence when when you've got a road team that's favored and the quarterback has not been great he's making a turnover the play on 4.1 percent of his dropbacks which is not great however making some big throws as well here's what i'll say about this game over under 46 and a half i'm gonna root for points obviously going with points here i think i think that um, the steel. I think there are two defensive scores in this game. <laughs> I don't disagree. You get I, another shot of eggnog here because I'm on fire. The the uh, where do they come from? Do they come from Cluster Five quarterback Ben Roethlisberger or and let me check the numbers here. Cluster Six quarterback one which, each, which we have you know, one each. So clusters. Keenum. Gets blindsided and Cam Hayward goes galloping into the end zone, and then Ben just throws one straight to. I don't know if Bradley Roby's going to play, but that was my guy. Uh, maybe Von Miller gets another one. I don't know. I, this both quarterbacks are putting the ball up for grabs. Mm-hmm. I think there at very least will be some short fields. And I don't know, forty six and a half doesn't seem too crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So that's my play here. I would rather, if I'm betting this game, I would rather do that than have the Steelers covering three on yeah. the road. Yeah, I don't the know. Steelers just had that emotional victory where 
they beat Leonard Fournette? Well, not on the on the scoreboard, sure, but not emotionally. That's true. So some so maybe this could be a bounce back game for them. Bounce back. That's a nice way of putting it. I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure that Tomlin pounded that into their heads. Look, you guys better not get on your high horse here. You may have won on the scoreboard, but let's look at the rushing total. That'll tell you who really won. Yep. So they reestablished dominance here. James Conner has a huge game, and the Steelers and the Broncos put up some points in Denver. Okay, if you want all of our picks, you want to make sure you get that PFF Elite subscription uh, that offers you a free trial for three days over the Thanksgiving Day holiday. So check that out. And of course, if you are looking to make the holidays a little more exciting, some college basketball, some NFL, some college football, head to mybookie.ag. Use promo code PFF to get a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. All right, man. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving. You too, man. Enjoy enjoy the beignets in New Orleans. <laughs> All I'm going to eat. Beignets for days. All right. See you guys.